The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To total career success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Hello, this is Cheryl Dawson with Ken Dawson, and today we have an exciting show for you with Dr. Elizabeth Travis, Associate Vice President, Woman Faculty Programs with MD Anderson. Cancer Center, and um, MD Anderson, of course, is world-renowned, and Elizabeth has a tremendous story to share with us today. You know, diversity in the workplace is an important and timely subject, as our talent pool has become very diverse uh, all across the, the nation. In addition, while our current economy faces uh, layoffs in, in many uh, industries, uh, the need over the long term for educated talent is growing as the baby boomer uh, population nears retirement. And MD Anderson Cancer Center is known for its progressive programs in developing opportunities for women in research, education, and medicine. Today, uh, Elizabeth Travis is uh, uh, going to share her personal career story as well as some of the ways that individuals and organizations can support women in the workplace. Uh, So we will be uh, sharing the entire hour with her. Uh, if you have questions, you're certainly welcome to call in your uh, questions later in the show in segment three and four. Let me tell you a little bit about um, Dr. Elizabeth Travis. She is professor in the Departments of Experimental Radiation Oncology and Pulmonary Medicine and the first Associate Vice President for Women Faculty Programs at MD Anderson. Dr. Travis is editor of Legends and Legacies, Personal Journeys of Women Physicians and Scientists a collection of essays by leading women faculty aimed at inspiring generations of women scientists to come. She conceived the Legends and Legacies book project to recognize the accomplishment of the MD Anderson's women faculty while spotlighting advocacy efforts intended to improve opportunities for women already in the field as well as to inspire others to choose and stay in in this exciting field. Well, Elizabeth, a welcome and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Ken and Cheryl. This is a wonderful opportunity for me to talk about something that is my passion, and I really uh, am looking forward to this uh, this hour with both of you. Elizabeth, I can only say that uh, I'm most impressed with your book. Uh, I am very, very interested in uh, your background, and let me share for you that uh, just as you speak about uh, many of your heroes within MD Anderson Cancer Center, uh, I'd like to speak about Cheryl as being my hero. She has worked with me for uh, 34 years in the business, and she's an extraordinary person, and our uh, mantra, as you have seen in Job Search's total system, is that for those that really are concerned about being the best they can be, 
and are willing to work harder, smarter, longer, um, you truly will achieve, uh, in our case, better job, better pay, and a better life. Uh, and I'm sure that's some of the things you talk about in your book. Yes, exactly. Okay, great. Cheryl? Elizabeth, how did the idea for Legend and Legacies come about? When I uh, assumed the office of uh, the Vice President, Associate Vice President for Women Faculty Programs, about six months into it, I wanted to do something to, first of all, highlight uh, at least a segment of our women faculty, uh, knowing full well I couldn't you know, have all the faculty, but uh, use them as examples of the accomplishments of women in science and medicine and do it collectively because I think it's a more powerful um, it's a more powerful vehicle if they're all together in, in one book. And to me, storytelling is really an important part of our culture. You know, you learn about things, you learn about your, your you know, past, generations past, through storytelling. And so I wanted stories uh, in this book. And so everybody in this book was told, please don't give me your resume and your CV because we know all your accomplishments. I want to know the stories about how you got there because I'd like to use this to encourage, motivate, inspire, and sustain women who are either interested in medicine and science or are already in the field. Elizabeth, what is so exciting about what you've done is that um, oftentimes people read a biography or a background, but they truly don't understand uh, the person themselves as opposed to who they are, and that's really what you do in your book. A corollary from our perspective, is at the end of Job Search to Tell a System, we have six testimonials of outstanding individuals who truly have achieved better job, better pay, better life. And it, uh, it represents uh, six models of excellence that cause our clients to say, wow, if they can do it, uh, we can do it. And, and these are people who sat in seminars and watched others get up and tell their story. And what they talk about in here is oftentimes, well, you must have paid these people or, you know, how did, where did they come from? And they didn't understand that that person was inspiring them through a standard of excellence and modeling the kind of behavior you want to have. And that's very interesting uh, in terms of how you would do it. And as I said, Cheryl is my model of excellence, and she's done an outstanding job for us. Well, thank you. I... Um Yes, again, I think that you can read about uh, all the papers people publish and the grants and what they do, but that is a totally different issue than talking about where you come from and how you did this. Exactly. Well, I think, too, Elizabeth, what that accomplishes is people see that. And, by the way, it's a beautiful book. Um, it's really beautiful the way you put it together, the artistic nature of it. And then it's, it just draws you in because you've got the pictures of the individuals from their early um early lives, family life, and right through to their um, their current situation. So it really draws the person in, and they can see, well, these are real people. They're not special. They're not super women, <laughs> but they're people just like me, and maybe I could also achieve that if they have a passion for, for that. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because that's exactly what we wanted to do. That's ex- that was exactly the response I w- was hoping we would get uh, from this book. And I have to tell you that I work with some really talented individuals in terms of uh, the looks of the book. I work with talented people, uh, Maria Dungler and her staff at MD Anderson are the artistic uh, people behind this, and they did, um, I think, a magnificent job, too. Well, 
what I was particularly drawn to, Elizabeth, was your fold-out in the middle. Where you, <laughs> where you literally you know, you over three pages and you had all of your excellent ladies there. I think that's an outstanding way of doing it. Thank you. Thank you. And they are beautiful women as well, so it's okay to be beautiful and smart, isn't it, Elizabeth? Well, yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> I can say it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, we had a lot of discussions with the authors. Uh, I did about, you know, what exactly what kind of picture. And actually, Maria Dungler again was the one. She sent me something from Vanity Fair, which is Annie Leibovitz. You know, she does all these foldouts and uh, movie stars, etc. So this is the look we want. And you know, there was some concern. Well, maybe we should be in our lab coats and suits. And we, I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, you know, this is really about you as a woman and scientist or physician, and I think hopefully, and I, what you've told me that, we capture that in this picture. And Elizabeth, the stories of courage that you have in the book are just truly inspiring, and, and from us, for our listeners, those of you around the world who aren't that familiar with Houston, uh, uh, MD Anderson is truly one of the, if not the greatest and best pioneers in the area of uh, medicine, healthcare, and cancer research, and uh, would you kind of share maybe just kind of a short overview in terms of uh, how that came about, uh, maybe just kind of a composite of the courage and excellence that you have in, in your hospital? Well, I think that it started at the beginning of MD Anderson with Arlie Clark, and, um, you know, it has just continued throughout the 60-plus years that MD Anderson's been uh, you know, on site in Houston. Um, I think that, you know, they were, it's a little unusual um, in its organization and that it's, it's teams that treat patients, both men and, and women are on the team, physicians and scientists sometimes. And I think that uh, that's a, uh, was at least initially a very unique approach as to, as to how to uh, practice medicine in a academic setting as we are. Um, women were, you know, for a while not as, there weren't as many as there are now. We have about 35% of the faculty are women. And so they are integrated into all of these teams. And, um, you know, so it's very attractive to women to come to MD Anderson, not only as patients, but to come to MD Anderson as uh, faculty members. And from our perspective, Elizabeth, um, it is so critical that we recognize everyone in the uh, industry, whatever that industry happens to be. And when we talk about um, uh, job search and careers, uh, we're literally speaking to everyone um, out there who uh, is, in this case, having a difficult time. And Elizabeth, as you know so well, uh, we're going through very difficult times right now. The economy is in uh, serious difficulty, and that uh, impacts uh, dramatically on um, the, the, the industry, hospitals, and so forth. Could you share a little bit about uh, career opportunities for individuals within the hospital, for our listeners who perhaps have an interest in MD Anderson or are saying, gee, what does it take to come on board there? Well, I think you know, there are many career opportunities in medicine and science, and it doesn't uh, stop with just being a, sci- with being a scientist at the bench or with being a physician treating patients. Uh, so there are numerous opportunities, and people usually, when you think of healthcare, you think only about the physicians and scientists, which of course is what this book is about, but there are numerous opportunities. We have biostatisticians, 
uh, we cross, we have accountants, you know, we cross all. It's a microcosm of all the different fields one can possibly imagine because it's business and it's also medicine and science. In terms of the opportunities uh, in medicine, you know, in as physicians and as scientists, certainly there are, are opportunities. We, uh, you know, we do recruit. Uh, we recruit for, you know, young physicians and scientists to join MD Anderson. We recruit internationally. Um, and, you know, the opportunities are there. It's a question of, you know, how do you write your CV, you know, uh, what you have done, and how do you present these uh, in not only an interview, but when you first apply for the position. Uh, we advertise, you know, in all the big journals for these positions. And so I think that it's important to put yourself in the best light uh, at the at the get go right. immediately. And Elizabeth, an area that I is uh, particularly interesting to me. I am a, a retired Marine, and many of my veterans. I spend a lot of time volunteering and working with uh, veterans all over the place. And many times, veterans ask, "Gee, I'm getting out of the service." And in this case, uh, oftentimes, uh, medical doctors and or PhDs um, have uh, outstanding backgrounds, but when they leave the service, they're not quite sure of uh, where to go. So, uh, Joe, I think we're getting we're coming close up to a on break. a break here. So, when we return, we'll learn more about legends and legacies. Don't go away. News, opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big, fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. 
For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to Invest. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson speaking with Dr. Elizabeth Travis, Associate Vice President for Women Faculty Programs at MD Anderson. And we're talking about her um, very fascinating book, Legacies, Legends and Legacies, about women in research and medicine. And um, before we get back into the book, Ken, I know you were uh, making a point before we... Uh, yeah, sure. I know you have a lot to cover with Elizabeth, but Elizabeth, if you don't mind, let me kind of share a question for you that many of our listeners have. As I mentioned, I do a lot of work with veterans, a lot of work with... Uh, not only retired military, but active military. And many times um, uh, these are folks that have been to Iraq or Afghanistan or other parts of the world, and uh, many times they're in the medical profession, and they're not sometimes quite sure of how to integrate back into the, what they call the civilian workforce. Could you share for our listeners some of your thoughts on how best to accomplish that? Certainly it's, you know, not something that's my uh, expertise, but I think that, you know, it's the advice you would give to anybody who is, you know, ent- either entering or re-entering the workforce, and that is that, you know, you, you keep abreast of what's going on, you get your resume, and if necessary, if you have a CV, that's part of the uh, application process, that you go over those with a fine-tooth comb, you have other people look at them to give you advice, you do maybe a couple-page summary, no more than two pages, of what you've done and your accomplishments and direct that specifically at the position you would like to have. And again, you get advice from others. You have people look at these documents before you go forward with them uh, and take that, you know, look at that advice and then put them forward uh, you know, to the HR office. Okay, and anyone in particular there, Elizabeth, that they should contact or just HR generally or who would they contact it would be it would just be into the human resources resources. yes okay great thank you very much Cheryl well Elizabeth um, you've already indicated what a great passion you have um, for helping women in uh, your field of choice how did you happen to fall in love with uh, medicine and the lab well I as a very young child I, I loved problem solving and science and medicine are both about solving problems they're solving health problems in in patients 
or they're about asking questions and, and going to the bench and designing ways of answering those questions and then applying them uh, to, to medicine, to humans. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's problem solving, and I just, I just loved it. As a very you know, young, young girl, I always loved it. And I was just fortunate enough throughout all of my, all the way back from my uh, middle school, all the way up to have uh, teachers and mentors all along the way who helped me realize the dream. It was my dream. I didn't know at first whether I wanted to do medicine or science, and then that became clear to me later. But there was always somebody who helped me realize that this dream, that it was possible, that I could do this, and you know, provide advice to me as well on how to do it. Mm-hmm. You have another passion that uh, kind of competed for your career direction. Tell us about that. I love to dance, and I uh, started dancing when I was, I think, four years old and took lessons for years and danced uh, a little bit up through college. And uh, then, you know, you get busy, and, you know, you decide you're going to do a master's degree and then a Ph.D., and so dancing uh, became something I just did for fun. But uh, my son is, I have a 22-year-old son. He uh, is a uh, senior at UT in Austin, and when he went to college, I went back to dancing. And so I now dance again. Well, great. Yeah, it's great for my mind, my body, my soul, and my spirit. It's a very rejuvenating Absolutely. Effort, you know, and... Well, when you can uh, do something that's a great exercise that also is um, something you love to do, what a great combination. Yeah. I go to the club and I look at those weights and I go, I don't think so. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Elizabeth, one of the things that I am particularly impressed with, and and again, I don't watch a lot of TV having to do with uh, entertainment or whatever, but I love these shows that truly... Uh, spotlight someone who has worked so hard all their lives, literally working harder, smarter, longer, to be a great dancer, a great singer. The most recent example I can think is uh, this Scottish lady that yes. you're aware of yes. who uh, was uh, just so talented for so long and sang in her church and did local karaoke within her uh, Scottish community. But look at how someone like that, who with all that talent, can be so inspirational to so many people. And that's a uh, uh, another indication of the excellence that people can really achieve when they work harder, smarter, longer. Well, I also think it's doing something you love. In fact, the advice to my son and to all students who talk to me, the junior faculty, I say find something you love to do and do it because there's no, I don't think, any greater joy in life. And I can't remember a morning, ever a morning, getting up and saying, oh, I wish I didn't have to go to the office today. In fact, you get up early, you're anxious to go in, and you go in, and before you know it, you're, you know, it's 6, 7 o'clock, and you're still there. And this is exactly the advice we offer our clients. Uh, when you truly love what it is you're doing, working harder, smarter, longer, it goes along with it, and you wouldn't do it any other way. It's not, boy, I can't stand to go to work, and I can't. It's just you jump out of bed, you just are so inspired to do everything you can, and you literally work in the hardest one or longer, and you're not even aware of it. Absolutely. And, you know, there are 25 other, you know, stories in here that women uh, who feel exactly the same way, and I'm sure you could tell that because I know you read the book, and they, they all just love what they do, and exactly. we, they do different things, but they love what they do. Exactly. Well, you had an opportunity very early in college uh, to validate your dream job. Uh, how did that opportunity come about? Elizabeth. Yeah, that's, you know, it's one of the things that I've uh, learned and that I try to uh, to pass on to, you know, 
the younger the women faculty as well as you know uh, my son uh, is that you have to you never know where the opportunities are so I was I had a great mentor uh, when I was a sophomore in college and I decided on one field that I thought I would go into and then a our physics professor and I went to this very small school in Pennsylvania not well known uh, not certainly renowned at the time in science, but he went to Oak Ridge uh, Laboratories, and he did a summer. He did a summer in radiation physics and radiation biology, and came back and taught an elective. And I took it. I took that elective course, and I I loved it. And I went home, and I was talking to my parents about this and how much I liked it. My father then goes to his personal physician and says, and he says, you know, how how are your girls? I have a younger sister, and so my dad's telling him, Elizabeth, you know, she loves this this radiation biology, whatever that is, and he said, I have a lab at the University of Pittsburgh, I'm from Pittsburgh originally, in radiation biology and radiation physics, tell her to come and work with us this summer, and I did. And, I mean, you just have to, you can just, you just never know where the opportunity is going to come from. What a coincidence. Cheryl has that's a, a master's from the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great example of how networking can work. Even the family can help, isn't that Absolutely, true? absolutely. Well, you um, had an opportunity to teach for a while and then return to the lab. Tell us a little bit how that uh, came about. Well, I loved, I, I actually really enjoyed teaching. I, I was teaching, uh, I got my master's degree from the University of Pittsburgh as well, and I went to, I would, this is when I, I was married, and we, my husband was an officer in the Navy, actually, Ken, and so we went to South Carolina where he was stationed, and I, you know, didn't know where to look for a job in a lab, so I just decided to teach school. And I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I liked the kids. But, you know, I wanted to go back in the summer and go back to the bench because you don't want to get cold, and I didn't, I wanted to continue because I thought I'd be a better teacher for one thing. And so I went to the Medical University of South Carolina, and I walked into the employment office and the research office there, and they said, they're looking for someone just like you with your experience in radiation, uh, radiation oncology. Go over and talk to them. And I did, and they offered me the job, uh, which was supposed to be only for the summer at first. And then they offered me the job full-time, and I had to make the decision about uh, whether to take it or not. In fact, the interesting part about that is that I said no at first because yeah. I thought I wasn't, I didn't have my Ph.D. I didn't think I was qualified for the job. But I then, I went home and I realized I'd made the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes I could make, I think, in my career. And I went back the next day and sheepishly said, please, can I have that job if you haven't <laughs> given it to anyone else? And, and they said, great, word, and that's what happened. And I, they, I started my Ph.D. there. And How interesting. That is a really a great story. And then you were drawn to MD Anderson. How did the opportunity arise for you to make that that shift all the way across the country? <laughs> well, actually, I uh, so when I when I finished up my PhD, I realized that there were some holes in my training. Okay. Well, good. Go and ahead. I'm sorry. And um, so I looked for great opportunities for postdoc, and I actually did my postdoc in London, and that really set me up, but I was always focused on MD Anderson because it had one of the best departments in the world in my specialty. And so I was just fortunate enough that during my postdoc, I did a lot of publishing. I had a great mentor and a great advocate, and you get to be known uh, in your field. And uh, then I was recruited here uh, a couple years after my postdoc. Okay, great. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk more about legends and legacies and some of the lessons learned, so stay with us. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success success better job better pay better life an ordinary sunny day an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids and they were doing nothing they were couch slouching they were rug imitating and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by when suddenly huh Hey guys, that's a personal foul. An active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players on your lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll free at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson speaking with Dr. Elizabeth Travis with MD Anderson and editor of Legends and Legacies. 
Well, Elizabeth, uh, I know that MD Anderson is really a leader uh, in initiatives to help women uh, in um, in your field. And can you share with us some of the programs that would be applicable not only to the medical field but perhaps to other organizations that are thinking about ways that they can uh, help to women advance in their careers? I'd love to do that, Cheryl, because I think that uh, the lessons in the book and as well as what you're talking about, initiatives for women, they're not specific to medicine and science. They do cross many, they cross all fields. For example, um, you know, the issue of work-life uh, balance. Well, first of all, I think it's missed, quite frankly. You don't balance it. You simply juggle and make sure none of the balls hit the floor. And when one does, which it inevitably will, you just pick it up and you just go forward. But I think the, it's time there are more women in all fields, particularly medicine and science now, and the generation wires, the men as well, want more time with their families. So I think the work-life environment is a very a critical initiative at our institution. Well, you know, and, and in speaking about that particular topic, you know, one of our guests I can remember uh, said that, well, what do people think work is? It's life. I mean, we spend at least a third, right, of our day at work, or most people do. Absolutely. Some kind of flex hours or something. And so uh, when you keep that in perspective, that work is life, so let's make sure that we've integrated it so that not only we win individually for our own career, but that our family are benefiting as well. So I think that's an important uh, area today. So that's one of uh, of the things we do. We do... We work across the whole uh, field of um, trying to improve uh, the retention and you know, recruiting women and, and getting increased numbers of women in leadership positions as department chairs, division heads, vice presidents, getting, getting them at the leadership table. I strongly believe that diversity at the leadership table, number one, changes the dialogue. And number one, you have, you have more input, more different um, more different opinions and ways of doing things, and I think that only helps to move things forward more quickly, as well as give you some perhaps some innovative ways of doing things. So I'm, you know, I think this is very important. Elizabeth, if you don't mind, let me kind of broaden this out a little bit. Um, uh, women generally have extraordinary skills, abilities, and talents, not just in the medical community, but in, in literally every community. And one of the things that we find in our seminars is oftentimes uh, a lot of women are maybe quiet, demure, not as assertive as they perhaps could be, should be, and they have so much talent and abilities. Could you share for our listeners your thoughts on how these individuals could perhaps uh, succeed and how you've seen your ladies succeed, suggestions you might have for bringing them out and having them excel? I think uh, it, it is true that women tend to not speak up, uh, at least traditionally uh, they haven't, and they still tend to not speak up. And I think that the first thing you do is you're always prepared. You, if you're on a committee, you go into those committee meetings prepared for the meeting. You know the agenda, and you have some ideas of your own that you may want to put forward. You don't wait to be the last to speak. You raise your hand, and you speak. If you say something, and then you're ignored or not given any credit for that, and then the man uh, then uh, says the same thing, and everybody thinks it's a wonderful idea. You can do very nice things like say, well, I- I'm glad you, you think that was such a good idea, I just said. And, <laughs> you know, that, and, you know, humor. It's really important, I think, in these situations to have humor. So I think it's being prepared. 
learning to speak up, doing it, practicing. There's nothing better than practicing. I used to practice my talks all the time uh, until when I got up there. I was very confident. I knew the material. I knew what I wanted to say. So I think those, those are some of the things that women can do. Great. Thank you. Well, uh, another area, Elizabeth, that you've alluded to throughout the program already is how you relied on mentors. And does MD Anderson have a formal mentor program? And if so, how does that work? And you know, what are some of your recommendations in that arena? We do have a uh, mentoring program. Our provost, uh, Dr. Ray Dubois, is very, very uh, interested in mentoring and wants that to be a significant part of the development, faculty development in our institution. So we have a mentoring program for our junior faculty. We do things in this program like, um, you know, uh, how to find a mentor. Uh, what is your responsibility as a mentee? Mentoring is a two-way street. It's not just about somebody giving and the other one taking. Uh, it's also about the mentee giving something back. Um, I think the one way to think about mentoring, and we do advise them, you know, you need more than one mentor because people can mentor you in different ways. For example, you may want somebody to mentor you in terms of your science, but then you may want somebody that you connect with uh, more on a personal level and somebody else who might help you with your career development and looking at, you know, your your CV and where you need to, you know, to beef that up a little bit. So I think that mentoring is critical. And Elizabeth, one of the things that we recommend is ladies volunteering to um, help people uh, perhaps within the hospital or outside of the hospital, but having a chance to get in front of people, as you're saying, and be assertive. Uh, for instance, you have a lot of uh, volunteers in the hospital doing an extraordinary job, but a great opportunity to come in and show your work ethic, and that oftentimes will lead to a position within the hospital. Absolutely. No question about that. That is absolutely correct. I just wanted to make a comment about... That, that you need um, not only, women don't only need women mentors, but male mentors. I think it's, again, it's a mentoring team, and I think that you bring different, just as diversity at the leadership table is important in terms of career development, diversity of ideas from both women and men is important. You know, and you mentioned uh, before we came on the show, uh, Elizabeth, how important it is for women helping women. Uh, we're working with an organization right now, in fact, where we're doing some executive coaching. And um, one of the things that the HR director mentioned to me is she's concerned because the women in the organization uh, tend to get left to one side because this happens to be more of a male-dominated industry and company. So at the very top of the house, they're, they're all males. And so she's looking for ways, as you're describing, to get the women to help one another. Can you share some things where you've been able to do that through your women's program? Oh, yes, numerous ways, actually, uh, that I tap into. So I send women off for some you know, career development seminars. And when they come back, I have them then talk about the lessons learned to faculty who couldn't go because we can't send everybody. Um, and I do, you know, team up uh, women with uh, our more, you know, our junior women faculty, our early career women with more senior women faculty. Uh, I think that uh, all of the authors in the book, I think that they realized that this was an opportunity for them to give back and in a way, in the written word, to mentor, uh, you know, uh, our younger women faculty 
and we do we do some panel discussions. We've done some shows around the institution, not only with the authors of the book, but some of the uh, we have a lot of wonderful women faculty, and we've used them to also do uh, some mentoring sessions. Exactly, uh, Elizabeth. One of the things that I keep looking at and identifying corollaries between what you're doing and what we're doing. One of the things we do in our book, in terms of helping, in this case, women succeed, is uh, identifying and documenting what they've actually done, specific goals, specific performance, excellence, specific potential they have, and actually documenting that either in the form of resumes or references. And it's amazing how a person who actually goes through that looks back and says, wow, I never even realized how much talent I have and what I've actually done and literally the impact it's had on the bottom line in the hospital. Absolutely, and I, I think that... I mean, you're absolutely right. I've seen this happen over and over with the women faculty because when they're going for promotion, they have to write a summary of their accomplishments, you know, and they'll look at it and go, oh, wow, and then I'll say, but what about this and what about this and what about this? And, you know, the other mentoring piece of this is that um, women don't like to, you know, brag about themselves. They think they see it as bragging when, in fact, it's not. It's just saying what you've done. This is what I've accomplished. And so in some of the language they use is much softer language than the men use. And so I try to, I look at their summaries and I say, we could use this word instead, you know, or this word instead. Because it's, uh, you know, if it is outstanding, it's outstanding. Exactly. If it's been called outstanding, the, you need to say it. And the important thing is that uh, they're oftentimes afraid of being labeled as boisterous or too aggressive. And we're saying don't be aggressive, but do be assertive. Identify and document your accomplishments, and not only that, communicate that to not only your boss and your boss's boss, but others within the hospital. That's exactly what people are looking for. Right. I think that I was told not so very long ago, actually, and so I still get mentored, too. Somebody told me, they said, you have to have your two-minute elevator story exactly. ready every time, that's and, exactly. that's, and that's what that is. It's, you just have to have a little brief you know, summary that you Precisely. can say. So I, somebody just told me this just a few years ago when I took this position, actually. Precisely. Well, and that, that's, uh, this advice is good for anybody, male or female, for sure, that, that you're responsible for your own career and uh, how, how um, attentive you are to your accomplishments will really make a huge difference. But when we get back from break, we're going to talk more about ways that you can advance your career. So stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go 
to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success. Better job, better pay, better life. And now a weather update. Winds out of the south-southeast at nine miles an hour. Citizens of America, this is a message from feedthepig.org. Do not be alarmed. We are here to help you save yourself. According to public records, Americans spent more money than they earned in 2005. This is the first negative savings rate in the U.S. since the Great Depression. America, we must change our behavior. We need to stop spending every dime we earn and start feeding the pig. We must start putting away a piece of our paycheck. On the 1st and the 15th, we must pay ourselves before we pay anyone or anything. We must make a budget. And yes, even consider cutting up a credit card. And we must tell a friend to do the same. America, to start moving in the right direction, we must start a movement. Join us at FeedThePig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Log on to FeedThePig.org today. And for more traffic updates, brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Do you know what the most complex piece of your business capital investment is? Is it the technology? Is it the infrastructure? Could it be the office and corporate structure? The most complex piece of your business capital investment is the human being. Return on Human Capital is a unique program that discusses some of the most important issues facing leaders in business. Join your hosts, Howard Pines and Jay Santamaria, for Return on Human Capital, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson with Dr. Elizabeth Travis. And we've had a fascinating show today talking about uh, legends and legacies, and we'd kind of ri- like to wrap up the show today uh, by showing that every single individual, regardless of your background, uh, your career aspirations, the industry that you're going after, you can also become a legend and a legacy in your own field. And Elizabeth, you were talking about how important the mentor mentoring part of developing one's career and uh, finding people that can help you along the way. Um, are there other recommendations that you have for individuals? And then share with us, too, some of the additional ways that the organization can support that career development. I think uh, for individuals, it's uh, again, it's an issue of finding something you love to do and do it. I think that uh, it, being uh, open to what looks to be a risk, but make sure there's a safety net, but taking a risk. I think it's really important 
to do that, uh, to take risks as they come along, to accept the challenges that come your way. And even if you don't have the confidence, as I didn't in the story I related earlier, that I could do this job, somebody else did. And if they are asking you to do this, then perhaps they know a little more and have more confidence in you than you do in yourself. So I think it's you know, taking risks, uh, love, love what you do. Um, and one of the lessons my father told me a long time ago, he said, you know, they can say yes and they can say no, but if you don't ask, you never get anything. <laughs> That's very true. And so I, try, I pass this on uh, along to many women and young men. You have to ask. Because you may be surprised at the, you know, at what will happen. So that's on an individual level. On an organizational and institutional level, I think data speaks volumes. So one of the things we do all the time is we, you know, we do the metrics. Uh, you know, how are we doing in terms of women in, in all the ranks, tenured, non-tenured? So I think that uh, reviewing uh, status of women in an organization on an annual basis is very important because you don't know where you want to go unless you know where you are. Uh, and that'll help direct you. I think also um, promoting institution-wide gender-based uh, participation, gender-balanced participation in programs and committees. Look at again, look at the data, see where you are, and then make recommendations. Uh, reviewing salaries annually to make sure that there are no uh, discrepancies and disparities between men and women and minorities, for that matter. This will show in these kind of analyses. And I think then just raising the visibility. Of women, uh, by bringing in, I bring in a lot of outstanding women from around the country, but also that's what this book was to do, is to raise the visibility of women by putting 26 of them together. So those are some things that organizations, I think, can do. Well, and those are excellent points, uh, to share. And are there any other tips that you want to be sure we cover today, uh, for our listeners? Well, again, I think it's, uh, it's the, the, Take advantage of opportunities. Stay focused. Don't be afraid to speak up. And, again, love what you do because I don't think there's any greater pleasure in life than getting up and it, with excitement because you want to get in the office because you have this experiment or you have this project, whatever it is, and that can be in any field. Elizabeth, one of the things, again, I keep looking at corollaries uh, for tying it back to our book we talk about. Uh, doing everything you possibly can, working harder, smarter, longer, to be the best you can be. And, and your being on today is such a confidence builder so much for so many of our women listeners who are sitting there and saying, boy, I believe that, and I'd like to do that. And, and it's just a matter of, in our case, uh, follow our system. Go through the chapters, uh, understand psychological leverage, linkage, how it all ties together. And when you, in fact, have an opportunity, uh, have your plan in place. Have your resume done, have your accomplishments done, have your references done, and be ready to sell yourself. And we're all selling ourselves all day, every day, and be ready to sell yourself to that individual regardless of the industry or the field. Absolutely, and I did have an opportunity to look through, the, through your book, and it's a wonderful, I'm going to take it and use it as a resource uh, for all of our faculty or anybody, uh, you know, and my son as well. Oh, good, you know? I hear it. He's getting close <laughs> to graduating, isn't he? You know, use this as a resource. But uh, the other thing is I think it's important is to, again, humor, but have fun. Just have fun exactly. with what you're doing because, again, life is so much, uh, so much nicer and so much more pleasant. 
Well, and I want to comment, too, on uh, on the graduates. We do have a program every year, Elizabeth, to help the young graduates, and uh, generally we put it on in June. They've, you know, left college by then. If they haven't placed, then they come into our program, and we do that as a way to give back to the community. So oh, wonderful. If your son's not placed when he graduates, be sure to touch base with me. What does he do, by the way? What He's is in his... business. He just did not want to do science and medicine, despite all my efforts at the yeah. age of four, dragging him into the lab, looking yeah. down the microscope. Not interested. Not for him. Well, we'd love to help him in any way. Well, we thank can. you. So please thank you. We well, speaking of the lab again, uh, looking forward uh, for a moment at the future of medical research, where do you think it's headed, and what are the career opportunities that, that will be created? Well, I think where it's headed is until you've heard the term personalized medicine. Uh, I think that's where it's headed. It's, it's headed into molecular targeted therapies where we can identify genes that affect, you know, that cause diseases and then change outcome based on that. And I think the, the opportunities are, again, what they have always been. It's just that the field, you know, has moved from, uh, to, to, um, you know, the basic science fields have changed. And you're not looking down microscopes. You're mapping, you know, the genome, and you're looking at the genes rather than looking, at, you know, at something on, on a slide, a piece of tissue. So I think, and I think it's really exciting, actually. I mean, I would still choose this field if I were, you know, going back and doing it now. But there are opportunities across the board, all the way, you know, technologists, technicians, all the way up through physicians and scientists. Listen, if I keep coming to our listeners, and I can just envision so many women there who perhaps have an interest in the hospital, perhaps have a medical interest, but uh, maybe a lot of our women out there listening have cancer and are saying, wow, boy, I'm so uh, pumped up by listening to Elizabeth talk about it. Uh, any thoughts or inspirational messages you might share with them? Well, um, you know, I've, I've had uh, personal experience in my family uh, with uh, my sister, who is a cancer survivor, and I, uh, it was very interesting being, you know, on the opposite side, and, you know, uh, my sister was treated here, and I think that uh, you have, um, you know, there are wonderful treatments out there, there are wonderful physicians out there, and that we have made great strides in a number of areas, a number of different types of cancer. And so I think that you have to go forward and live your life. Indeed. And before we close, uh, Elizabeth, where can our, our listeners get a hold of Legends and Legacies? Well, it's, it's on Amazon. Okay. So it can be purchased on Amazon. And then uh, we're working on one of the national booksellers, but I'm not yet at free to say which one. So we hope we're going to have it in some okay. bookstores. And it's in local uh, bookstores in Houston, uh, Brazos Bookstore and uh, some of the smaller bookstores uh, around Houston. Half-price books. Okay. Well, great. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a great show. And uh, for our listeners, we've got an, an interesting program next week with Craig Hickman, so be sure to join us next week. Thank you Listen, so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I truly enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.